You are now listening to The Moon Child. Back with another episode. And I'm going to just keep it right here. I'm I'm confused. There's a lot of things I'm confused about. I'm confused about my kings. I'm confused about my daily life. I'm confused what I'm going to do in the future. I'm confused with the pandemic. I'm confused about the political climate. And it's been a week since I recorded my last episode. And as far as the Kings, we were 3-1 and one when we started. And I, I said I'm going to be happy. I'm going to enjoy this 3-1 and one start. But I'm going to have to see it for a longer stretch of games. And right when I said that, we go on and lose three straight. And we won only two of the last six games. So now we're sitting at 5-6. and six. So the team is confusing me, but I'll get back into that later because over this last week, we had the unfortunate situation that happened at the Capitol building. Now, I just want to give my little two cents about about that. Now, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, I don't really care too much about the Capitol building itself. And I understand why a lot of people are frustrated, including me, you know. Why would they go go do that? My um and you know and the privilege that they have, they're just really flexing their pit privilege, and you know they're able to do things that we all know. If a bunch of people of color went and did the same thing that they did, there would have been a lot of ammunition ready for us. Now, already knowing their privilege, what what frustrates me, and it's also a congratulation to the people, is just why they're doing it. And if you go and look at the real reason just why they're doing it, they're unhappy that people of color, young people, black people, went out and really voted against something that should have never happened. Donald Trump really found a way to use his influence and power and brainwash millions of people and found a way to divide this country more than ever we can't even have political conversations no more go look at the 2012 debate and see how presidents actually conducted themselves he changed all of that so we're hoping that it's all coming to an end but yeah it was really frustrating man to see all those people be that angry over our main right our one sacred right to actually our one control of who we have in office and Congress and the Senate and and the president it's it's sad to see so many people just they don't like to see power distributed equally and it's sad they're really going against the majority and they're mad that people of color young people voted and we came out and voted and honestly I think that's something that us as people got to be happy about they embarrass themselves I mean, they're just exposing this country for what it really is. So that's my two cents on that. I'm hoping we get away from this nightmare. We still, you know, we still in the new year. Um, I'm going at this with a lot of optimism. I just got a job a couple of days ago Had work today. Work at Fire Wings now. And I'm kind of scared because they're giving me a free six piece. And I can't turn down lemon pepper wings. I just can't. They give me a nice little free six piece at the end of the day. But yeah, new job, new place. So me personally, 
I feel like I'm starting to get things together. And I just want to put more in this podcast, but I'm not, I already told y'all. I'm not going to talk about how consistent I'm going to be unless I prove it. I can only show consistency. I can't talk about consistency. So, therefore, now that's out the way. Just put that out there. Let's talk about my Sacramento Kings. And I'm confused. I don't know anymore. I, I don't know. I really don't know. And, there, and there's a lot of bad things. We're not going to get into bad things right now. I'll save that for after. Because there's a lot of good things to look at. And I think the good things is outweighing the little bad things right now. Now, there's there's things, there's things levels to this. One thing you gotta, we got to understand is that we have a new... The Sacramento Kings have a new GM. And it's hard to tell Kings fans and, you know, myself, like... Okay, we're kind of in a rebuilding process. And, you know, when you tell a Kings fan about a rebuilding process, it's like, what the fuck have we been in these past 14 years? Yes, but we have to understand that Monte McNair is fixing Vlade's mistakes. And to be honest, we do not have a playoff talented roster. We do not. I think we can be the eighth seed. I truly believe that. And, and But the roster, you know, it's, it's just so inconsistent. And they just, be so, they just be showing some flashes on some nights. And then they just be bringing me back down to reality on some nights. So if we kind of reflect on what happened, you know, we go on that 3-1 start. So now we got to go to Houston, play them twice in a row. We, wa- we lost the first game. Now, it's, there's reasons why we lost to this, but it shouldn't be a reason why we lo- lose these. So we lost the first game fair and square. Tyrese had hurt, Tyrese Halliburton had hurt his hip, I believe, his hip. So he mixed he missed the next Rockets game. But James Harden wasn't playing the next Rockets game. But oh my god, without Tyrese Halliburton out there being the secondary playmaker is just it gives me PTSD watching the backcourt of Corey Joseph and Buddy Hield. They're short. Corey Joseph be dribbling the damn air out the ball. He's an old school type point guard and he really waits. But he doesn't he doesn't move. He doesn't play. He doesn't move the ball enough for me. He holds on to the ball for so long. And it gives me a headache. Be dribbling the ball out the air. But and then pair him up with Buddy, Mr. Turnover. And Buddy's already struggling this season. We'll get into him. But yeah, so. With Tyrese out, I got to watch that backcourt play. And once Fox come out the game, it's just everything unfolds. And on top of that, we have no defense from our front court except for Rashawn Holmes. Bayless is not a defender. Marvin Bagley has been atrocious on defense. I will get into that soon. But the only glue that have been on our team that's outside of De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese has been Harrison Barnes. But so we we go and we lose back to back in Houston. Which I was really upset. I need we needed to win at least one of those two to prove that we can be a good team. And we already did it. So my expectations just start going down. Just start going downhill. Right. So we come back. I believe the next game. Who did we have? We we played against the Bulls. Yeah. The Bulls, right? Was it the Bulls? Let me think. Let me think. Let me find out. And we played the 
Rockets twice, and then we played the the Bulls was the fourth out of those five games I was talking about, and I really waited until the sixth game. Let me look it up real quick. I know we played the Bulls, and then I want to say, what team was it? It was the Warriors. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the Warriors game. Oh, yeah, that's when things started going downhill, and I tried to hold myself from coming back. I wanted to, you know, kind of elaborate what happened, but I didn't want to come onto the podcast and start freaking out in the pure moment. So, after those two bosses in Houston... Marvin Bagley's dad tweets out saying he wants his son to get a trade, which was appalling to me because Marvin Bagley has been playing terrible, and I will get into that. And so all that drama's going on in Twitter, and it, it was funny because he, he really because the, the problem is that Marvin Bagley hasn't been playing the fourth quarters, and we were lo- and we lost back to back games in in Houston. But the reason he's not playing in the fourth quarter is because he literally can't defend. He's not giving us a chance on defense, and the teams and teams are starting to attack Marvin each night because they know how much of a defensive liability he has been. So after that Rockets game, we go into Warriors game with all this drama. So not only that Marvin Bagley's dad makes this tweet saying that his son wants a trade, then we have De'Aaron Fox dad making a tweet on Twitter because <laughs> they compared two tweets. They compared Marvin Bagley's tweet, right? It was this whole thread. And then Rashawn Holmes' mom tweets about the games all the time. She'd be sending love, positive energy. And then somebody compared the two tweets, said the two different types of parents. One was a good parent, Rashawn Holmes' mom, and then one was an annoying parent, which was Marvin Bagley's dad. And then De'Aaron Fox's dad comments under it. Mind you, Marvin Bagley's dad deleted Twitter deleted the tweet but then aaron aaron fox De'Aaron fox's dad it's hella funny how his name is aaron and then he just names his son d aaron and if you know the the root word of d de you know de that means from so his name is literally from aaron and his dad is named aaron i think that's hilarious but his dad goes on his head tweets trade him trade marvin bagley basically we all agreed with De'Aaron Fox's dad, but then he can't, he just can't be doing that, and it was funny, because De'Aaron Fox had to tweet after that, it's like, Jesus Christ, so we had a whole lot of freaking parent drama, and the players said that they didn't, it didn't affect the locker room or whatever, and I think it did, maybe that night, you know, a lot of tensions were probably high, because they went out to the Warriors and got popped by 20, or 30, oh, that was disgusting, I was like, oh, god damn it, we dropped the bus, dropped the bus, I'm like freaking out and shit. And then we bounce back. We play against the Bulls. All right? We play against the Bulls. And then we play a great game. We we get the dub. We bounce back. Get a good win. Um, De'Aaron Fox had got hurt in the first quarter, but Tyrese was just looking. He was just breaking out. Dude was just straight baller. And it, things were all good. Things were just looking good. But then we went on this two-game stretch. We play against... You know, I'm feeling good. You know, we're over here. What's the record at that point? We're 4-4. Four and four. I'm like, all right, we all good. We all good. Now we have these next two games against the Trailblazers and Raptors. All right, things about to go good. We get popped by 20 plus both games. Both teams score over 130 points. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? 
Now I'm like, ah, damn it, we really in tank mode. We're not going to be in the playoffs. Yada, yada, yada. And then, just last night, we beat the Pacers. And going into those losses against the Raptors and, um, and, and Raptors and Trailblazers, De'Aaron Fox was on restricted minutes. But my issue is like, well, goddamn, the rest of the team, De'Aaron Fox is okay. He, was, he wasn't playing the usual 35, 38 minutes. But he was playing 20 to 25. And we still getting popped by 20. I'm like, it's not like that De'Aaron Fox is not playing. We need him for 38 minutes to win. So that's that's what had me frustrated. I'm just like, dang, we're really so reliant on two players at the guard position. And that's Tyrese and, and De'Aaron Fox. Corey Joseph has been giving me a headache. Buddy has been giving me a headache. And the front court defense has been giving me a headache. Now, let's talk about the bright spots. Now, I'm finna get into the bright spots. Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton. Say the name. He's definitely gonna be going for rookie of the year. I think it's gonna end up between him or LaMelo. Him and LaMelo are doing the same exact thing. LaMelo did get a triple-double the other night, though, by the way. But Tyrese Halliburton has been more consistent and consistently getting more than 12 points and more than five assists each game. And he's been he's top five in minutes in the fourth quarter. And that's saying something, especially as a rookie. And if you just look at his game, he has no holes in his game. He he has an ugly shot, okay? But he make it goes in. It's like a push shot, it's a set shot, but he's shown that he could shoot it off the dribble. He's shown that he could shoot it off range. He shoot that he he showed that he could shoot the mid range, and it, and and it's not like his game his game he doesn't really have a, how do I say this he doesn't have like a bag if you know what I mean by a bag he's not gonna come in step back you know three you know had a crossover and ice he's not gonna iso you he's not he's strictly coming off of pick and rolls. And he's making the right reads every single time. He's going to get the ball movement. He's always there to make the first pass. And he kind of, I, I don't know, I'm not trying to sound cocky or nothing, but kind of reminds me of myself um, while playing basketball. He comes off as passive, but when he goes and be more aggressive, the, the whole team just starts to match his energy and match his flow of offense. And when, so basically he has no holes in his game, as I was saying. He can shoot the three. And when it comes to driving to the basket, yeah, he's not strong. He's still light. But he's such a deadly passer, such a willing passer, where finishing at the basket comes easy to him because he makes the defense react to his passes where he can get free layups. He can defend. He can switch on to different positions. He has great hands. He gets deflections. And he's long. He No homo, but he's very, very long. He's 6'5 with a 7-foot wingspan. A lot like Shea, but he plays like a Malcolm Brogdon. High, high IQ. It's beautiful watching him play basketball. And he's honestly outshining the the worst of the Kings right now. Him and De'Aaron Fox are the bright spots. So just seeing Tyrese out there, knowing that he can play the two as well. He can play the two. He can play the one. He can play the three. Very, very versatile. He can defend. He can space the floor. He can play make. He has all the tools. And he's, oh my, in transition. is when, when the Kings are in transition, when they're playing pacey basketball, 
they are a problem. But I am a true believer where, you know, fast break basketball, you know, high paced basketball, it's all good. But I think about the playoffs and the playoffs slow down. And that's why you see LeBron do what he do and go to so many straight finals because he plays at his pace and he controls the game. But Tyrese Halliburton, he's going to be top three in the rookie of the year votes for sure. I think top two is going to come down to him and LaMelo. And him and LaMelo are in the same position. They're both six men. They're both giving great minutes off the bench. They're both the primary ball handlers off the bench. And they can play the one, the two, and the three. So just knowing that him and Fox is going to be the backcourt of the future, knowing that we just paid De'Aaron Fox, and now that we have Tyrese on a rookie deal, we're set there. We're set there. All it is is just when is Tyrese going to start to start? That's really what it is. It's going to happen soon. Sorry, buddy, but I'll get into you later. But <laughs> Tyrese is going to be the starting shooting guard for the Kings, him and De'Aaron Fox, hopefully for a very long time. Now, another bright spot is Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes. So Harrison Barnes has its re good reasons and bad reasons. And then we have Rashawn Holmes with the good reasons and sort of bad reasons. And it's not really bad reasons. It's just you create such an emotional attachment to some of these players. And you've seen them play. It's like, fuck, you don't want to see none of these guys go a different team. But that's the reality. So the thing about Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes, he's been putting up over 16 to 17 points, shooting 50% from the field. And he's been shooting from 40% from the three-point line. He's a matchup nightmare when I'm watching him play. And it's you, it might sound like a joke saying this, but we're watching prime Harrison Barnes right now. He's too quick for people that's taller than him. And he's too strong for people his size. So come, scoring has, it looked like he has it figured out. He's so efficient going to the paint, oversizing the people that's his side. Like, you know, these 6'7", six, 6'6", six, 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 small forwards, he's muscling them in the paint, even 6'8". And then these 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", power forwards trying to guard him, he's too quick. So, And he's shooting the three really well. So he's scoring on all three levels right now, and he's a good vet. He's a good leader. And the only thing is he's making $20 million, and the only thing that comes with Harrison Barnes, I would love to keep Harrison Barnes. I would love to. But if we're not winning anything, he can be a very valuable trade piece to a contender he can be a very good piece for a contender, a team that lacks small forward. Because he could defend, he can play the two, he can play the three, and he can play the four. And he can be a role player. He's not going to go out like he can, he's so vers he's versatile. And he, he's, he's a solid player with championship pedigree. It's like, man, I want to see him go. I actually want to see him with Tyrese and De'Aaron Fox throughout the future. It's just the four and the five position that we're still figuring out. And that brings me to Rashawn Holmes. Now, with Rashawn Holmes, you just got to love Rashawn Holmes. He does everything he's asked to do. He shoots at a very high clip. He was second in field goal percentage last year at 65%. He's mastered his own signature shot with this push shot. Gets it from, you know, the interior key. And he pushes it. He just pushes it. And he practices it. I swear, me and my friend Kali went to a game. And we seen the court side. There was two people working out. Dwayne Dedman, ugh. he was out there bricking threes, just shooting his threes and missing. And Rashawn Holmes was working on this little floater push shot. And that's his money move. Get in the pick and roll. When he's in the close key area, he pushes it, have a soft touch. 
And he's one of the highest field goal percentage shooters in the league. So he's 6'10". He can defend. He can defend multiple positions. He doesn't have the length as a rim protector. But just last night, he got six blocks. And the only thing with Rashawn is that we have him on probably the best non-rookie deal in the NBA. This is where you got to give credit to Vlade. He's the only good signing that he made. He's only on our team for... Two years, $10 million. He's making $5 million with us. And he's being the starting center. And he closes out the games. Gives us high energy. And if you want to compare me, he's just like Montrez Harrell with a couple inches on him. So, the only thing is, I think a team is going to give him a bag this year. Or, I think I'm down to give him some money. I don't think $10 million a year for Rashawn Holmes is the worst thing ever. Maybe 8 to $10 million. My issue is, like, I wish we can have him being our sixth man, and then we can have a reliable seven-foot center like a Jared Allen on the court at all times. And having a guy like Rashawn Holmes coming off the bench would be major. It would be huge getting those good minutes off the bench from him. So those are the bright side. We The backcourt, that the bright side is the backcourt is very it, it's solidified. Fox and Halliburton, that's going to be the future. And that's going to be a very good future. That combination of speed and IQ and with Halliburton shooting, is, 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 I think it's going to be I think it's going to be deadly. I think it can be really deadly. So that that backcourt situation is set. Now, getting into the bad things. And, you know, I just come into realization. If you look at the numbers, if you look at the play and... Right now, Marvin Bagley's looking like a bus to me right now. I don't want to call him a bus, but, you know, obviously due to the position he was drafted to and who he was drafted in front. Now, people's going to haunt me forever and say, y'all missed on Luca. y'all missed on Luca. y'all missed Yes, we missed on Luca. But that that's not what we needed. If anything, you're going to tell me what we missed on, I think we missed on Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson defends. And he shoots the three, defends way better than Marvin Bagley does. And the issue with Marvin Bagley is like, he's, he, I said, I thought he wouldn't be a Jag, but right now he's a Jag. And I don't, unless he proves that he's getting better, he's going to be a Jag. He's just going to be a regular rim runner. And the problem with him being a regular rim runner, he doesn't defend. He has a, a lot of problems defensively that I didn't think would be possible due to his athleticism and his quick jump. I didn't think he would be so bad at defense, but that's when you that's when you got to realize that basketball is not just pure talent. You got to think the game, and that's the difference with Tyrese. He has the IQ. He's thinking the game. There's a lot of guys who has all the skill, but then they learn how to then then they then they learn how to play. Some guys come in the league learn how to play because they don't have a lack they don't have all the athleticism or all the skill but because they know how to play the game that keeps them on the floor so with Bagley he's shooting the three a little bit more he's not shooting bad from a three but he's not no volume shooter I don't think he's that good of a shooter as Jaron Jackson um and he's he, he's I'm not really worried about his offense even though he's been he's been terrible on offense He's shooting 35% as a big man from the field, 29% from three, but 35% where you're just doing these hook shots, layups and stuff. 
you got to finish, though. And that's just due to lack of strength. And he's looking like he did his rookie year, but a little worse. He never took the next step. And that's very troubling. But I don't think his offense... I think his offense of slump will will change. I think he'll start figuring out what defenses are trying to do to him. And he'll start scoring. But I, I can give a damn if he's given 20 and 10. That's not my issue. You're a big man. You got to be able to defend. And his def- if you go look at his defensive numbers, his defensive numbers are so low. I'm pretty sure he's at like negative 18 on plus and minus when it comes to minutes played. And that's terrible. Like, and deep and off and teams are just going at him, going at him. Don't let no guard switch on to Marvin Bagley. It's barbecue chicken every fucking time. Like there, Steph Curry was just straight cooking him. Yeah, it's Steph Curry, but it's not just Steph Curry doing it. Steph Curry, Fred Van Vliet, um, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum. Everybody's just getting a piece of him. And then in the paint, they're stronger than him. They just scoring on him. He's either jumping too early. He's not in the right defensive position. He's either sliding. He's freaking... He just looks lost on defense. And it's tough. Trust me. It, it, it's really tough to watch. And I think, you know, if he... And the reason he's getting as starter minutes and so much minutes anyway is because he's the number two overall pick. And the Kings are tra- desperately trying to at least raise his value you know, because if we're going to trade him or if Monty's going to trade him because Monty didn't trade him, he's got a his value is just going down because I don't know anybody that's going to trade for him because he's got two more years left on this rookie year deal. And it's like, I don't see a, I don't see the Kings trying to extend him. He hasn't really proved none of that. And like I said, he's been bad on offense, but I feel like that can get better. And don't get me wrong. He's going to be in this league for a very, very long time. But just what we drafted him. And his defensive woes is it is not gonna help. It it's not is not gonna help the team where we struggle defensively enough and you're six eleven and you're not strong enough to play center and you're trying to play power forward, you don't really stretch the floor that great, and you can't defend. If you can't if you're a power forward in today's NBA, you have to multiple you have to defend multiple positions. Or they're just gonna call a pick and roll and switch on you every single time. So he's always jumping early. Um, right now, I will label him a bus, but I'm hoping. Look, he's on my favorite team. I'm I'm really hoping that he can prove me wrong. He can, but as far as the eye test right now, you know, he's everything that everybody's been talking shit at me about. You know, so it's it's a really tough thing to watch. It's sad, but he he seems like a guy that has a work good work ethic. So. I'm believing in the work ethic. I'm not counting him out. But based on these first 11 games, he has proven and shown that he's a bust. And unless he's watching the film, you know, I'm hoping he's watching the film, trying to get better from it because it has not been good on defense. He's been a defensive liability, by far the worst defensive player on our team. Even worse than Buddy Hill. Now, Buddy Hield. Oh, it's just complicated with him, man. I'm kind of ready to, like, if you ask me to who I want to move off of first is, like, Bagley or Buddy Heald, who are the players that pretty much everybody kind of want to move off of. I'm, I want to get rid of Buddy. I just want to give Tyrese the shooting guard spot. Let's go with that backcourt, get some young guys coming off the bench, get some volume guys, and 
I'm kind of over Buddy, man. He's 6'5". He can't play make. He turns the ball over so much. He doesn't defend that well. And yes, he's one of the best shooters in NBA, but he's not like Duncan Rob. He's not out there being like Duncan Robinson or J.J. Redick. He's not moving without the ball like like spot-up shooters should. He Because he, at Oklahoma, if anybody remember him at Oklahoma, he was creating a lot of his own shots, and people called him like a Steph Curry. And he, we already know he's not like a Steph Curry when it comes to ball handling. Trey Young is the closest thing. And he doesn't move enough. I, I don't understand how you could be such a shooter and not want to move around and get creative and constantly move without the basketball. I feel like if things just stagnant, it doesn't even look like he likes the coach. Uh, he don't even look like he fuck with Luke Walton right now. Tyrese is going to be a starter anyway. And I would rather just put Tyrese at the two than put Buddy or Tyrese at the three. And have a solidified small four, which we have right now in Harrison Barnes. But I'm I'm just, I'm not, I'm, I don't like it, man. He's not, he's too inconsistent. I don't see what it is. People say, oh, but Luke is not using them right. Use him how? He can't tell him to make shots or not, you know? He can't tell him, keep him from turning the ball over, you know? So, Tyrese is coming in, doing, playing in the same system, succeeding. So, it's it's the IQ. And Tyrese have shown so much more basketball IQ than a lot of the players on the Kings. And that's the frustrating part. It just, ah, it's elementary shit. Whether it's just seeing man and seeing ball on defense. Moving the ball, ball rotation, ball movement. So it's been pretty frustrating. I'm I'm really ready to move off a of buddy. I like Tyrese Halliburton's too much. So that's I don't got too much to say about Buddy. Buddy has been really disappointing. Bagley, at least he's still only in his third year. There's still upside, and he's showing promise at least. Hopefully, not too much right now. But if you ask me, I I used to say Chris Bosh. Marvin Bagley's new ceiling, if 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 it's only if you build a team around it, Mar Marvin Bagley can be like a, a a Sabonis, really. By the way, his game he has a nice hook shot. It hasn't been going in, but it's a really good look, and he he has a high motor. He's very tenacious when it comes to rebounding. He just needs to finish. He needs to get stronger. Like I said, I'm not worried about his offense. I think that will really improve. But if his defense don't improve, then I don't really want him on the team if he can't defend. Because then you can't keep him on the floor in the fourth quarter. And we haven't been able to keep him on the fourth quarter because he's just defensively so lost out there. It's mind-blowing. So we're going to have to see how the season progresses. Now, as far as the rest of the roster, it's not that good of a roster, man. I'm over Corey Joseph. Bayalisa hasn't been getting that many minutes. He's been pretty inconsistent lately. Uh, but I do like Bayalisa. I do like Bayalisa. I would love to keep Bayalisa around. Hassan Whiteside, you just don't know whether you're going to get a good Whiteside or you're going to get the bad Whiteside. It's just really a hit or miss every single time. You know, you get some great flashes and then you just get some. Oh, it's Hassan Whiteside. Five million. Only That's, that's the reason why he's only making two million. So. With, that's with Hassan Whiteside. Um, who else coming off the bench? I've been liking Glenn Robinson. Glenn Robinson has been giving us very valuable minutes. And if we do trade Harrison Barnes and we have to get put him at the starting small forward, I would not mind. He's a good 3 and D guy. And he when he moves the ball, he comes in that second unit with Tyrese. So, But 
the main thing we need, we just, we need a defensive dog out there. And I said, oh, man, we ain't got no fucking dogs on here. Yeah, okay. I had to rethink my words on that. Rashawn Holmes and De'Aaron Fox are dogs. Those two are dogs. And Tyrese is coming up, a talk, uh, coming up as a dog. You can just tell that Tyrese really wants it. And it's cool that you see a guy that wants to be in Sacramento, including with Fox. Because Tyrese comes from Iowa State. He's from Milwaukee. So this is honestly a good fit for him. And you can see him on the bench. He's trying to get the bench fired up. He's active in the game. They're saying that he's always coming early for shots. He's very into film. So it's just all but good things with Tyrese Halliburton. It's, it feels nice to finally say that we won the draft. Because we definitely got the best player at our value. So um, as far as the rest of the roster, this roster is not that talented. At least far as far as in the West and being as being consistent, there's just some lineups that don't be working, man. And I think Corey Joseph has a lot. Corey Joseph and Buddy Hill has a lot to do with this. Just a lot of lineups can't work the way they want to because of those players, and it sucks. Same thing with Bagley, with just Bagley's defense. It it sucks. <laughs> it really sucks. And we got to remember that this is not the roster that Vlade put up. I mean, that Monty put up. This is the roster that Monty. That Vlade set up. So if we can just get this defense straight, the backcourt is going to elevate this team. We can get ourselves a reliable rim protector. Once we get that reliable rim protector, I promise you we will be solid. But that 3-1 start obviously was a little bit of a fluke. And we still got a lot of work to be done. I can't call no more shots because, as like I said, I'm confused. This team gives me some great basketball one day and then just some shitty-ass basketball the next night. So we're going to have to see how things transpire. Um, and going back to my rankings, my MVP, I did I say, I did say Damian Lillard. But if I was to talk about these first 10 games, I just want to talk about some great players that I just admire watching basketball. And you Laker fans, yes, you guys are blessed to have LeBron James on your team. My two MVPs right now is is either LeBron James or Jokic. And it's funny because I do fantasy basketball kind of. And, you know, I put like a dollar down and see if I can I, I go against somebody. And every single time I pick Jokic and LeBron, man, they always produce. And what LeBron's doing at 36 right now is just, it's, it's admirable. And... It's just if his fans wasn't so god damn annoying about this GOAT conversation. My 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 viewpoint is this. Look, let LeBron finish his career. I feel like if he gets a back-to-back this year, then there's no discussion. It's going to be hard to argue that he's not the GOAT. It's going to be hard. And about the GOAT conversation, you shouldn't have to argue about it. It should be said and done. And if LeBron finishes his career... In a way where it was better than Jordan's. Because right now it's not better than Jordan's. But the cool thing is his career is not over. But right now it's not better than Jordan's yet. But if he can get back to back in this era. You just got to give it up to him. If you can get a ring this year. It's. You kind of got to just crown him it. You just got to crown it. Um, As far as all the stats and stuff. I, I say five rings is enough. And he can if he gets six, then it's it's done. It's a done deal. I think this five, but if you can get this back to back in this era, you know, I tip my hat. I'll say he's the greatest basketball of all time. 
greatest basketball player of all time. But aside from the GOAT conversation, which is I'm not focused on, I'm just appreciating his pure basketball ability right now and what he's doing right now and just seeing how easy it is for him to just go out there and get 28 and 8 and 8 just in his sleep and just get that easy 15 i get juice when tyrese halliburton gets that nice 15 5 and 5 and i just see lebron do it in the set first half you know so um, the intelligence how easy makes it look at this age you just gotta admire it Another MVP candidate I got right now is definitely Jokic. That dude, I've been watching a lot of Nuggets game because they first, the Kings got two wins against the Nuggets. And just right now, the Nuggets are depleted. Jamal Murray ain't stepping up. De'Aaron Fox is better than him, by the way. Okay, let's get that straight. And, and when it comes to the fourth quarter, it's always close games in these Nuggets games. And they just play through Jokic. Jokic is just a straight unit down there. He, everybody talks about his passing. His passing is fucking amazing. His passing is me, but him in the post is just so unstoppable, and the fact that he passes like that too, it, it's 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 funny to see the way he does it. But he's a straight unit there. He has a soft ass touch, and I'm being honest. If Denver don't get shit right with him, he's heading to Dallas with Luca, and that's gonna be scary. And that's gonna be the first European big three. They trying to change the game. Jokic, Porzingis, and Luka. That's like the European version of... Because I think Jokic is literally like DeMarcus Cousins, prime DeMarcus Cousins with passing ability. Well, DeMarcus Cousins could pass the ball. He ain't, he ain't had nobody to pass it to. You've seen his passing shine when he was in New Orleans. And if you get Jokic, Porzingis, and Luka on the same team, that's like having LeBron, AD, and prime DeMarcus Cousins. It'll be insane. Um, but Jokic and LeBron, man, those those guys are walking triple-doubles. And it's, it's just because the Kings don't have a player like that where you could just give it to him and you can throw it to him in a post or just in this ISO area where you, know, you can have your back to the basket and you can pass from wherever. You have shooters everywhere. And you could score at ease if you're not double teamed. And once you get double teamed, they're going to kick it out. So those two guys right there, they're dominating the game. And yeah, we're going to see how this next stretch of games go. Let's see who we play. The Kings got the um, the Trailblazers tomorrow. And then they're going to have to face the Clippers. These are all home games. Pelicans. I'm excited for that Pelicans game. And then Clippers again. Knicks. So the next five games is we got the Clippers twice, the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, and the Knicks. So, you know what? I think, look, we're playing the Trailblazers again. We have to come back for vengeance. We have to, we just got blown out by 20, like two days, three days ago. I think we can win that one. Now, to, this is the test. If we can prove that we're a good team. If we can go 1-2 and two with the Clippers. Not lose both games against the Clippers. That will help. Now, the Pelicans is the biggest one I'm looking at. Because I feel like everybody talks about the Pelicans. I feel like we're in the same level as the Pelicans. Because they are still having that young core from the Lakers. They just have added Zion. But I like De'Aaron Fox more than Alonzo. And they're building around Brandon Ingram. Darren Fox and Brandon Ingram are on the same tier. One just won most improved, 
and he was an all-star because he he plays small forward. It's a lot harder being an all-star as a point guard in the West than it is being a small forward in the West. Okay, let's not forget that. And KD wasn't playing, remember. And then, you know, they got Zion. Marvin Bagley's going to have to do his part on him. He, Zion's obviously better than Marvin Bagley, but they have similar games. Um, I feel like we have a little bit of a better bench than New Orleans, but it's going to be a good matchup. That's going to be um, a real matchup to see where we're at. And we're going to see how Tyrese helps us against them too because they don't know what we got the rookie of the year. So that's that's the advantage that we got. And then we play against the Knicks. That should be a win. We have to beat the Knicks. I've actually been talking shit to a couple of Knicks fans. They have a very salty mouth. I'm kind of glad I don't live in the East Coast. Are they worse than Laker fans? I won't go that far. So they just haven't seen their team win in a while. So that's where we're going now. we got this next five-game stretch. I'm going to watch the games, get frustrated, you know, get happy, see what happens. And then I'm going to come back here on this and start talking. And, yeah, I'm going to keep it out there. Maybe I might come out with more episodes disregarding sports. But right now, I'm kind of focusing the sports right now. And this is what I like doing. So I'm going to continue doing it. So, yeah, that's it for today. It's a nice Tuesday night, January 12th in 2021. A couple more days before that motherfucker gets out of office. And, yeah, I'm out of here. Peace.